Okay, we're rolling. Hi, hey, hi, everybody. Uh, what's going on? Really pleased to have you guys along today. This is Tony Lane, and this is my podcast. I'm talking about how I came to love cigar box guitar. Now, don't forget, if you like what you hear, why not share that joy with a friend? Share the link, and uh, I'd be very grateful indeed. Now, I should just mention, if you want to find out a bit more about Cigar Box Guitar, why not head over to our friends at CBG Chop Shop on Facebook. That's at CBG Chop Shop, all one word. It's about showing you a bit more about Cigar Box Guitar, stuff like building tips, playing, and general interest stuff, as well as some random CBG-related nonsense at times as well. So check it out. Okay, um, last two episodes, I guess I've rambled on a bit about my past, talked a little bit about how I got here, the first part of the journey, so to speak. Now, uh, I guess there's just so much that goes on in your head uh, when you get to talk about how you get to where you are. It's complicated, hey? Um, when you start talking it through sometimes, you discover things that happened to you and shaped you, but you'd almost forgotten about completely. Uh, as an exercise, I've really found it helpful and therapeutic. And I'd recommend it to anybody who might be perhaps perhaps in a rut, lacking a bit of motivation and confidence. Just talk it out, even if it is with yourself. It'll make you feel more confident in the longer term, I'm sure. Confidence or self-confidence is a very important facet in everyone's life, and a lack of it will impact upon your life chances. So never be afraid to be just you. I know it's been a challenge for me throughout my life. So I wish I knew then what I know now, as the uh, faces said, I think, one time. This sort of thing, sitting and talking about yourself, it's cathartic, as I mentioned, but it also gives you a chance to be you. Uh, you plus, if you like. You, but louder, as one of my favorite people said to me recently. Now, if you're suffering from confidence issues, this is one way to build it. If that's too much, uh, maybe try a regular blog, but it has to be regular. Choose what you like. Maybe uh, that thing's a YouTube channel. Who knows? Just get out and do it. But as I say, uh, keep it regular. I mentioned in an earlier episode that I'd um, had a relatively mapped out life path in the early years. Now, that doesn't mean it wasn't okay. I mean, there's lots worse places to be than Australia at uh, that time when I was young. Uh, part of that was that I grew up in, in what I considered a pretty fertile time in Australian musical history. Uh, well, let's say it was it was pretty fertile in the States and the UK as well. It was a good time to be young and uh, carefree in my view. I had a very active social and sporting life and, and we were all employed pretty much at that time until our may, mid to later 20s. So there were no real worries there. So life was okay. As I said, with such a full life, I never really seemed to take uh, take on music fully, particularly learning an instrument. I loved listening to it and I was out every night that I could, basically. And the live music scene in Australia at that time was fantastic. I knew lots of musicians, and I've even flirted for a short time with a short-lived band of my own. And I was a vocalist, but I'd never really picked up that instrument and uh, pursued that. I wish I had now. Now, that band uh, that I mentioned, we played a gig once at the uni one evening, and it was a real eye-opener for me. Um, I was, as I say, the vocalist, and I was into uh, alternative indie punk, grunge, that sort of stuff, uh, much as I am now, I guess. Um, that hasn't left me. And the guitarist, he was into um, guitar-based rock mainly. Um, so he, he liked things like Genesis and things like that, um, not, not particularly my scene. Um, we had a, a heavy metal drummer. He was partially deaf and uh, a lovely guy on bass who's, who was kind of still living in the 60s. So 
diverse is one word you'd use to describe uh, our particular unit there. Anyway, we pra practiced for a few weeks in the basis cellar. Now, I know it's terrible, but I, it, it, his name has left me at this point. All I know is na mate's name was Jeff. It'll come to me. And I'll let you know maybe sometime down the line. And we were doing um, predominantly covers uh, and a few originals, uh, basically from, I think, the guitarist Alex. And off we went. Uh, we did practice for, for a number of weeks, as I say. And then we managed to uh, string together a gig. And uh, that was at the local university, uh, University of Newcastle. Uh, on that night live, uh, I was convinced we were pretty awful in the first part. I felt shockingly self-conscious and ex particularly exposed, I guess, without a guitar or an instrument or something to hide behind. This was probably uh, the worst option I could have taken, I thought. Now, despite making, always making uh, a mistake or two at rehearsals, I don't recall in particular a huge blunder at all during that set. So perhaps the adrenaline was really going and, uh, and my memory kicked in. But uh, that was something that I did cling on to, I recall. Though at certain times, I'm pretty sure I hit bum notes and was out of tune. And that wasn't helped by uh, Pete belting away at the back. Did I mention he was partially deaf? Anyway, it was pretty hard to hear um, the feedback at the front. It was pretty interesting set, I thought. And uh, some of the covers we did were pretty obscure. So they they may have even come off as being perceived as originals by the crowd um, with the other ones that actually were. Anyway, as I said, I was really self-conscious. But then I looked up to see the crowd and, you know, we didn't have huge lighting. So uh, it wasn't as if we were blinded. So I could see pretty much who was there. And it, and it wasn't a huge crowd and it was probably quite partisan. And it was pretty loaded with friends and acquaintances. But the funny thing was they didn't leave. Uh, I don't think they felt obliged to stay. And they were actually looking like they were listening. And even better than that, I thought I could make out that some were actually enjoying it. And I remember I went to get a drink to wet my throat. And it was a bit dry after the singing bit and everything. Uh, and we had a short break. And a mate of mine, Mick, came up and he told me he thought we were doing great. So I f it felt really good to hear that. It felt really positive um, to, to hear that coming from a friend. And it was great to get that support. And um, the others I spoke to seemed to be willing us to do well as well. And that was the amazing thing, to get that support. And anyway, after I got up again, I felt better about it. And uh, incredibly, just that little bit of a confidence boost let me open up a bit more in the second part and uh, get into the remainder of the set with a, with a bit more uh, gusto, if you like. And I think that, that went a lot better. Funnily enough, um, during that second part, we were told to turn down, and um, but we weren't told to shut down or get off. So that was a result. Um, we were told that they were doing an exam, apparently, in a nearby building, so he must have been pretty loud. It was completely contrary to my expectations, as I say, and we <laughs> got to finish the set off. And afterward, uh, I was mildly shocked, I guess, to hear the praise and support from, um, as I said, a slightly partisan crowd. But overall, you could really get a buzz out of hearing what everyone thought about it. Uh, just, as a, a spa, uh, just as an aside, sorry, I also discovered a little bit about the perks, uh, the magic and the magnetism of playing in a rock band, but that is another story. Of course, this was great for my confidence. It remains with, it, with me today as a lasting memory and definitely one that everyone should have a go at and to tick off their bucket list. I guess uh, the upshot of all this is what I'm trying to say is that you need to take that chance, give it a try. People aren't looking 
to knock you down. And in fact, what you'll find is that quite often people want to help you to succeed. And they sort of feed off, uh, I guess, vicariously maybe, the fact that you're trying something and, and they want you to uh, have a go and they want to, um, to see you do well. So give it a try. Whatever it is you want to do, just get in and do it and get outside your comfort zone. But you really have to give it time as well. For instance, like let's say if you if you got a new video game and you were killed in the first stage or the first minute, you wouldn't simply just turn that game off, walk away, put it in the box, never to be seen again. You need to give it a number of tries, see if it's something you can master, see if you want me to keep going and, and do it in the longer term. I wish I'd believed that in the past myself. Our band didn't last too long after that. And I think I may have mentioned that the old musical differences led us to decide to go our separate ways. And I think also, in the back of my mind, to a, to a larger degree at least, there was that confidence issue weighing heavily um, on me. I still harbour that notion these days to play in a band, but also to play an instrument uh, this time, either by myself or in a band, maybe these days playing rock-infused blues, roots Americana, maybe some traditional folk, because this is where my head's at at the moment. So, And that, I think, is where the CBG will hopefully play a big role. So on that note, please feel free to share the podcast. As I say, it would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to visit at CBG Shop, Chop Shop, all one word, CBG Chop Shop, on Facebook for more info and CBG-related fun stuff. Talk soon now. Meanwhile. May the road rise with you. And this is Tony Lane once again signing off. Thanks, guys. And out. Bye now.